0: by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencenter.org. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It's great to have you here with us on this glorious, glorious, sunshiny, baking hot day here in Manhattan, New York City. And this is our day of generosity. This is our skit for skit scholarship, our sit for scholarship uh, fundraising drive. Um, thank you to those who are responsible for bringing this to, to light. I think it started with Yakusan san and Tracy, a couple of that three, I think this is our third one. And this year we also have to thank Sam, and Isaac, and Annika, for their work, and uh, for everyone who's been involved uh, in really bringing forth the Parameter of Generosity, Dana. The willingness to give others what they need, whether that be time, possessions, or skills, the willingness to give without regret, with joy, and to give without expectation of reward—that's the most important thing. There, I think, to give without the expectation of reward. I give you this so I want something in return. Yaku-san gives me a glance, so I look back and say, "What's going on?" <laughs> a, g- a glance of generosity. What is generosity, actually, when we think about it? It can also be a smile, you know. It can be a a baby's face as you're walking down the street, and the baby looks at you and smiles. In return, your heart, my heart, opens, breaks open. That reciprocity of uh, the moment. The baby smile, my heart breaking open. The Buddha taught that when we give to others, we give without expectation or reward. We give without attaching to either the gift or the recipient. No attachment to the gift. I'm giving you this, but you know it's like a, well it's really my favorite, favorite sweater. Or um, Giving you this, but would you please take care of it? Because yeah blah 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 blah, blah, blah. putting all these parameters around the giving, just give the thing. You know, this is the practice of giving to release and self-clinging. I'll give you this on the condition that. That's not dana, that's not generosity, that's giving on condition. Bhikkhu Bodhi, is one of our um, beloved scholars, the Pali Canon, said, the practice of giving is universally recognized as one of the most basic human virtues a quality that testifies to the depth of one's humanity and one's capacity for self-transcendence. In the teaching of the Buddha, too, the practice of giving claims a place of special eminence, one which singles out as being in a sense of the foundation and speed of spiritual development. So that's from the Theravadan mindset. One's capacity for self-transcendence, what does that mean to you? Rising above the idea that I want something in return. Rising above attachment. I was thinking earlier today looking out on the balcony at my garden, an our garden that I planted. Not looking for anything in return. <laughs> Not looking for a thank you or an appreciation of how beautiful it is. <laughs> now as I was looking out there, I just it just gives me such joy to see the flowers uh, just doing their thing and the Jizo garden looking particularly beautiful. So the generosity of, if you like, for me anyway, sunlight. The sunlight of the fresh air, sunlight just doing its job. Without any expectation. Just allowing the flowers to grow. On the grass. Hmm. There's a... A tradition in Japan amongst Japanese monks. It's called Takahatsu and it's, uh... In Takahatsu, what happens, the, the monks all wear these very specific outfits, very specific robes, and there's a big hat, big straw hat covering their face. So people, uh, it's, so it's not about you're giving to this person with this big smiley face or this sad face. You're giving to the um, the Dharma, if you like. You're you're feeding. You're you're offering alms, offering money, so that the monks in the monasteries can be fed or can feed themselves. Um, I was going to read this little piece from uh, I think it's Google or somewhere. Um, the practice of takahatsu monks travel to various businesses and residences in order to exchange chanting of sutras in Sino-Japanese for donations of food or money. And if you go to Tokyo, for those of you who've been to Tokyo, um, you'll see these uh, monks usually in uh, a line of ten, and they'll be walking through the city, and one of them will be ringing the bell, or if they're all if they're separate, they're together, they'll be ringing the bell, or if they're walking alone, which often they are too. Ding a ling ding a ling a ling, ding a ling a ling. And people stop and puts food or money in the in the basket. It's beautiful. It's very different to people for the homeless people here begging for food, begging for money. And of course it's a whole different parameters. You know, these are monks, this is their tradition. But, as I said, I can't help thinking about the folks here, the homeless folks here, or maybe they're not homeless, maybe they're living in shelters, who are also asking for our help. Who are also asking to be fed. Who are also asking for a a bed for the night. And we kind of, because it's not part of our tradition. We're not culturated to, to give. We're more kind of like step back from the homeless because, of whatever reason, they smell, they're dirty, they should get a job, there's room in the shelters, they're only going to spend it on drugs. Just give the damn money. Just give them a dollar. It's not my business what they're going to do with it. What I am going to do is give you the money. And if I'm not able to give you the money that morning, I don't have my wallet with me, or I only have a twenty... A smile! Right? Sorry, but how are you doing? Or it's just sorry. And how many times have you done that, not given the money, and the person asking for money says, Thank you, God bless you, have a nice day. So they've received nothing from you other than, sorry, and they've returned with, God bless you. Have a nice day. So no transaction there, other than recognize the recognition of two people. To me, that's most important: to recognize who's in front of me, who's at the side of me, not to just turn away, even if I don't have money. Just to say I don't have money. Maybe that person feels a little less marginalized, a little less denigrated. It's shocking, the polarity between certain cultures where it's a given that you donate food, that you donate money, compared to us here in the West, i just turn away from it. Don't get me started. Over the past year and a half, during this pandemic, we've witnessed or heard of numerous, numerous acts of kindness. The frontline workers, of course, at the the very center of it, working extra hours, working in the face of this terrible virus. No one knew what was going to happen this time last year. I so, said, no, is it already? Wow. Year and a half, so at the beginning of March, no one knew what was going to happen. But there were people going out there, people working in the hospitals, round the clock. Do you remember bodies being piled into the back of freezer trucks? What about the workers that were doing that? Lifting body bags and putting them into the back of trucks. We've had a beautiful outpouring of kindness, as well. Neighbors taking care of neighbors, making sure that they're okay. Those who are isolated, living alone, making sure that they have food. We're still witnessing, right now, a year and a half later. In fact, there's an upsurge in the the cases of, uh, corona now with this third wave, this new strain, I think it's called deviant, is that the right word? Delta. The delta virus, I heard it was deviant, yeah, something like that. Variant? No, it began with a D for sure, but anyway, yes, the delta um, strain, maybe it is deviant. This is my talk, I can see what (coughs) Hmm. Yeah. So we don't know what's going to happen. Probably there will be more food insecurity. More people will lose their homes because they don't have jobs. Work insecurity. So what can we do as a nation, as a country, to? to help to give generously so I wanted to speak just for a few minutes about a rather special guy special man who's published a book really a journal or a diary. It's telling the story of his love for plants, the propagating of, growing and caring for. And one plant in particular, a petunia. The book is a prison journal for plant a prison journal and plant care guide. That's the title of and the title of the book is The Petunias Are Doing Amazing. Can you you see that? The Petunias are doing amazing. It's written by Shane Pema Tenzing-Markintel, who's incarcerated at Shawnee Correctional Facility in Vienna, Illinois. And the book comes to us by way of Yakusan, who befriended Pema, as part of the creation of a, uh, a program its beyond that uh, here at the Zen Center that, as I said, yaku created, inside-outside. And already I think there's something like 30 volunteers, 30, 30 or more volunteers who have taken up the course, taken up the pen, to write to other incarcerated souls. Imagine being in prison. Uh, Shane Pema has been in prison, I think, since 1991, 1999, and is due for release in 2022. That's a long time, right? And what about the generosity of this man taking care of, growing plants, propagating seeds, bringing life to the prison, if you like. I think he started under the guidance of someone and then became the guide or the guy that is kind of known his horticultural expertise. So I want to read just a couple of, uh, things that really caught me, really caught my attention. Remember, he's talking about plants now. But is he? Annuals were like some relationships, here for a period, and quite beautiful. Although their time came to an end, I could, collect the key, I could collect the seeds of the relationship and revisit them in their next generation. Annuals were like some relationships, here for a period and quite beautiful. And although their time came to an end, I could collect the seeds about that relationship, and revisit them in the next generation. Perennials were here for a longer term. If nurtured and respected what they offer, they would be here year after year. Then there were the pests that were trying to live off the life that I helped nurture, but were only trying to live themselves. It was all a delicate balance of coexistence. Once, I went to grab some ramen from my box and out runs a mouse. I have nothing left to eat. I hate the very existence of this creature. A few months later, I see a baby mouse. And then it hits me. These creatures are only trying to survive. I may inadvertently leave my box open, but at least I'm offering the mouse a small feast. I name this creature Mouse Bodhisattva. It is part of the very nature that I love. Mouse Bodhisattva teaches me that I I can't pick and choose which part of nature I want to experience. Either I accept all of it, or none of it. So, how about that for generosity? This creature eating Pema's food, and then Pema realizing he just needs to survive this little mouse. And then, creates this relationship, this understanding of what life is all about. I planted a tree of seeds. I'm not really trying to do too much with them, just trying to see if the seeds are viable. I planted Zoysia grass, greens, green chards and garb. I placed them under a hood. Hopefully the mouse won't bother them. Touching the life of plants has forever enriched my life. And I am forever thankful. I have found my Buddhist path in the life of the plants. And I just want to say I am changed in the ways I never knew achievable. May the precious Bodhi mind, not yet born, arise and grow. May that which is born have no decline, but increase forevermore. I mean, just reading this stuff is like so fucked up generous, isn't it? It's like, wow! Whatever took this, whatever took this, this, this man to prison, I mean it's to, over twenty years, something. serious. But look how he's turned his life around and offered us this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful diary. It's not a novel, it's not it's not kind of a t- page turner. It's not going to get a Pulitzer Prize. It's not going to be at the New York Times number one bestseller. But it's a beautiful, beautiful testament to someone's life. The generosity of writing this and putting it out into the world. Thanks in great part to Yaku-san, helping him to edit. To other Sangha members, Ruben, visual artist, we think he maybe designed the cover. And to all the bodhisattvas. who brought some meaning, maybe, to Pema's life? Show of appreciation for the beautiful work that he's done. How could you not receive that as a gift? Hmm? So, as I said at the beginning, this dhana, this paramita dhana, comes in so many, many unexpected ways. I mean, I had no idea what, I mean, this book was sitting on the counter in the kitchen. I read the first page, like, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. It's like plants, not for me. And then I took it on retreat with me, uh, last week or the week before, sitting in the outside, and just looking, watching over the fields in Massachusetts, and I thought, let me read this. What a beauty, beautiful, beautiful way to uh, end my retreat. So thank you, Yakuza, and anyone else that was involved in this book. And thank you, Shane, Pema, Tencent, Markental. So today we are, as I said, we're in the midst of our fundraising we'll sit for the scholarship. Your acts and the act of your friends of generosity will help others to join us in program offerings. Those who may not otherwise be able to, uh, because of lack of funds, or yeah, because of lack of funds, would not be able to uh, reap the benefits of some of the offerings here. As of right now, we've raised $19,000, maybe a little bit more, Um, but don't stop. Nudge all your friends. Tell them what a beautiful book they could buy. Some money for the center, some money for the book maybe. But think about how you're giving. Those of you on the screen that I can see and the people that joined us this morning have all been very, very instrumental in raising that money for us. Thank you. I'm so to here. Thank you for doing that, everybody, for your acts of generosity. And thank you for the folks that were here this morning and are here right now for being here in the Zendo, giving generously of their time their service to the community, to the community out there. <laughs> I think I said everything I needed to say. Don't cling that bell just yet, Kosho. I'm quite finished. Be generous of your time and the bonds. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So, seriously, thank you all for um, the work that you've done in raising this wonderful amount of money for the scholarship fund. I'm going to finish with a poem. Unless, yes, Is that okay, Koshi? Alright. It's called, When Giving is All We Have, by Alberto Rios. We give because someone gave to us. We give because nobody gave to us. We give because giving has changed us. We give because giving could have changed us. We have been better for it. We have been wounded by it. Giving has many faces it is loud and quiet big though small diamonds in wood nails its story is old the plot worn and the pages too but we read this book anyway over and over again giving is first and every time hand to hand mine to yours and yours to mine you gave me blue I gave you yellow, together we are a simple green. You gave me what you did not have, and I gave you what I had to give. Together we made something greater from the difference.